Good morning, everybody. Welcome. It is Monday, August 8th. This is episode 170 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier. And over the next 30 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break in the industry, uh, how you can kind of use it to shape and understand the context, how things kind of fit together. Uh, it's definitely a lot of value all up in this stream, so please enjoy. But before we get into it, I want to say shout out and thanks to this stream sponsor, my friend, great company, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Cyber criminals have stolen your company's data and derailed your business operations. Barricade Cyber Solutions will help you resolve this ransomware attack and get your business back on track. It's a win for you. It's a win for the executives. Um, and, you know, nobody wants downtime, right? We, we grumble and gripe about, you know, audit and stuff like that. But that's that's on your schedule, right? When you're when you're ransomware, you're, you're operating on someone else's schedule at that point. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications like CISP, CISA, CISM, et cetera, that require CPEs or CEUs, if you are in the UK, each episode, just like this one, of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So that's two and a half a week, 10 a month. It stacks. It's awesome. Be sure to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to get CPEs. And how do I document it, Jerry? Well, let me help you out with that. Just say what's up in chat. Say hi, say hashtag team live. Even if you're lurking, um, well, if you're lurking, maybe you don't care about the CPEs, but just know that if you say what's up in chat or hashtag team replay, if you're catching this on replay, no amount of audit can uh, dispute the fact that you're here and that you are here consistently and that you earn these CPEs. Uh, also pro tip, bulk it, uh, do bulk submissions. So go into your you know, ISC squared membership portal and say, you know, uh, 20 CPEs, simply cyber's daily cyber, cyber bre- uh, s- daily cyber threat briefing, July 1st through August 30th or whatever, like the two month period, you do not have to document a half a CPE every single day. That would be brutal. I wouldn't want that. Nobody else would want that. Good morning, Ms. Julian. Good to see you. Hey, Joshua. Hey, Carrie. Uh, if you are live, just like those three individuals are, love it. Thank you for being here. We got 71 on just Simply Cyber's channels and uh, we're pushing out to several other platforms. So love it. Thank you for being here. We're going to have a great Monday. If you are uh, on hashtag team replay, so drop in hashtag team replay in the comments because you're watching sometime in the future. I appreciate you catching the stream. I definitely um, appreciate the live and the replay audience. That's why we did the raffle last week for the replay audience as well to be inclusive. But you guys have the power of time travel. You're like X-Men. You can literally grab the timer bar and slide it to the right and get right into the news where the rest of us just live in the present. So if you want to do that, jump ahead in the audio podcast or jump ahead on the stream uh, to the news starting. But otherwise, I'm very, very excited to pour my first cup of coffee of the day and welcome people into chat, the Simply Cyber community. So let's do that for about the next 90 seconds. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Devnal Zen's going to summer camp. Obviously, I'll be there. We'll see each other. Uh, it's all but confirmed, uh, unless Bay said something else. Um, Simply Cyber Community Meetup will be Saturday. Saturday at 3.30 p.m. local time at Beer Park, which is just above uh, Paris, right? Like, Or it's like connected to Paris. Uh, it's like an outdoor, indoor kind of cool baseball, bleacher seats kind of vibe. Good beers. Um, you know, it's Vegas pricing, so... But... Uh, yeah, I'll be there. Ace will be there. We'll have just completed the Trace Labs OSINT CTF. Uh, some other people have reached out and said they'll be there. So hopefully um, we can connect and I can meet uh, many of you and we can meet each other and, you know, have a good time. BSEC will be there. Yep. Reggie Davis. Good morning, Reggie. Hey, Burble Morris. Uh, oh, I'm not sure if you mean your team replay or team live, but Burble's definitely team live right now. Um, just so you guys know, I... I, um, like any good cybersecurity professional, I eat my own dog food or I deal, you know, the rules apply to me just as everyone else. So, um, left coast people, you, Achua, Poner Joe, Nick Barker, I see you guys get up every, every morning at 5am for the stream. I will be on Pacific time. I will be getting up and running this stream 
just like I always do. Same schedule, but it'll be 5 a.m. for me. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to grind. I'll be there for you guys. We will not skip a beat on the daily cyber threat briefing. My background will look different. My audio and video will be depreciated. But I mean, you know, could the audio get worse? I mean, I know this sounds good right now, but you guys know how bad uh, the, I have audio issues from time to time. Dennis Hunter from Greensboro. What up, dude? What's up, Kimberly? Yeah, 5 a.m. Not my jam. I'll probably go back to bed after I, t I do the stream. <laughs> you can be team, team replay BSEC. Guys, I've got, um, I don't know if you guys saw it on socials yesterday, but hey, Will Ree, what's up? I have got an amazing announcement. I am super, super pumped for it. Uh, I'll be I'll be telling you at the mid-roll. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, stay tuned for a major, what I would consider like a, a kind of cool major announcement. Uh, I haven't had the coffee sip yet, but it's, it's time. Let's get into it, y'all. Munchkin was there on the uh, squad member munchkin appreciate the squad sub love that adrian parker up in seattle get that vitamin d all right more coffee that's right i am trying to figure out the coffee situation guys honestly because um there's no microwave there's no hot pot I'm, i think i'm gonna do like the starbucks instance but i still need hot water so i think i'm gonna pack a kettle which my wife thinks i'm a lunatic for all right, let's get into the news and then uh, we'll have some more more fun. Good luck, Luis. You got this. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Monday, August 8th, 2022. Critical flaws found in U.S. emergency alert system. The U.S. government is warning of critical vulnerabilities in its emergency alert systems that, if exploited, could enable intruders to send fake alerts out over television, radio, and cable networks. The Department of Homeland Security said in an advisory it was recently informed about the flaws in EAS encoder and decoder devices, adding that they were successfully exploited by Ken Pyle, a security researcher at cybersecurity firm Cybir, C-Y-B-I-R. There is a sense of urgency to the advisory because the exploit may be presented with proof-of-concept code at the DEF CON conference in Las Vegas next week. Woo woo. The DHS is urging organizations that operate the EAS to ensure that their devices and supporting systems are updated with the most recent software versions and security patches, are protected by a firewall, and are monitored with audit logs being regularly reviewed to ensure there is no unauthorized access. Wow. Okay. So I haven't seen this in a while. This is obviously um, a proof of concept is going to be released at DEF CON. Uh, so now, you know, the article goes on to say DEF CON may be off. Um, this is one of those ones where the system is a critical infrastructure system, right? The U.S. Uh, emergency alert system, right? So inbound ballistic missiles, uh, nuclear power um, meltdowns, like, like, you know, they they do. We've all, at least in the United States, I don't know how they do it in other countries. We've all seen like the public uh, service announcement broadcast, like your 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 TV's like, or we get them on our phones now, right? Like uh, Amber Alerts and stuff like that. So we don't use this system very often, but it is critical um, if and when we do need it. Now, obviously, it's a system. A lot of these are deprecated or you know um, legacy. So not surprising that there is a flaw in it. I will be curious, honestly, if it does get released, whether it's an IT flaw or an OT flaw, like some deprecated, you know, uh, protocol or that was never really designed with security in mind, or if it's like a, a really slick, like, you know, buffer overflow or some type of like use after free bug or something. But the question really here for me is, this is obviously going to be newsworthy, right? This is the kind of story because DEF CON has such, um, what's the word I'm looking for? DEF CON has such like uh, image in mainstream media. And this, this story, this talk that Ken's going to give is like right up there with reinforcing kind of that stigma of, of hackers and counterculture and stuff like that. So um this will definitely be in the news after DEFCON, whether he doesn't do it, whether he gets arrested for doing it. Um, there's been instances that hasn't happened since, like, I want to say the the 2000s. Uh, and I can't remember, but one, one individual, like, released a, a Cisco vulnerability with an exploit. 
and was arrested like as he got off stage. So, I mean, it's not unprecedented waters. Um, this can be scary. It does get into the question of responsible disclosure. I mean, what do you guys think? Should, so this guy, Ken, he found a vulnerability in the emergency alert system and he's doing a conference talk to probably, those rooms hold like, you know, whatever, 4,000 people, three to 4,000 people. Uh, it'll be streamed, right? Like it's kind of a big push. Um, usually with these things, you, you, you socialize them privately so they can get corrected. And then when you release the research, the, the risk has already been mitigated. So these alert systems, they're old. They're usually run by government. So there probably isn't a lot of money to uh, fix them. So this could be a train wreck. Honestly, I, I'm curious. I'll just be curious to see how this plays out. Security experts urge fix speedy confirmation as first U.S. cyber ambassador. Yeah, if um, if the, we'll talk about this, if this does turn into a big story, we'll, we'll talk about it on stream. A bipartisan group of 106 national security experts, former government officials and industry leaders sent the Senate Foreign Relations Committee a letter on Tuesday endorsing Nate Fick to serve as the State Department's first ambassador at large for cyberspace and digital policy. This is according to a copy of a letter obtained by CyberScoop. The letter emphasized the cyber threats that the U.S. faces and highlights Fick's unique resume. If confirmed, Fick will step into a role overseeing three policy channels dedicated to cyberspace security, communications and information, and digital freedom. The Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy that Fick would take over is an expanded effort that builds on what had been a smaller and more diffuse cybersecurity portfolio at the State Department. Okay, so this is this is uh, macro level picture geopolitical style, but this is important. Okay, so listen, listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I feel strongly that this is important, even though it might seem like not a big deal. Okay. Um. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Right. I'll, I'll check that out after. That looks in interesting. Um. Okay. So check this out, guys. A new ambassador has been named. Um, Nate, Nate Fick, and I, I don't know Nate, but of 106 different high-ranking people, bipartisan across, you know, multiple countries and everything say he's the right guy for the job. He must have an incredibly impressive resume and I hope for the best for him. His job is, and this is a new job, is in, uh, cyber ambassador. Okay. Now, why is this important? We've had roles in the United States government like cyber czar, which, you know, got a lot of press because the name czar is kind of a deprecated, uh, like Russia, Prussia um, moniker. But originally, all the cyber leadership positions have been around like U.S. policy and interfacing between like the NSA, the DOD, um, you know, the, the, the civilian agencies, right? It's been kind of a, a logistics point. Ambassador is representing the United States in some other non-United States uh um, capacity or not capacity, some other non-United States like venue or event or, or, you know, like typically countries, right? So like I'm a U.S. ambassador to Portugal. I represent the U.S. I work in Portugal. I do all these things in Portugal. Portugal has issues. If someone gets arrested, that's a U.S. citizen in Portugal. Like I'm the one who's kind of interacting. I represent the U.S. So what this is saying is Nate Fick represents the United States in cyberspace, right? In the metaverse, right? And this is kind of tying into what I'm doing later. But I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, they're beginning, like, and no surprise, the United States is a first world power. They're beginning to define and, and, and frame cyber as its own kind of place and that the United States is an entity within that space. Guys, here's why I think, um, and this isn't tinfoil hat stuff, but like, this is what I think. As I've mentioned on stream before, the concept of like nationalism, patriotism, um, nation states as as world powers uh, unto themselves is kind of dissipating and getting fuzzy around the edges, right? Big tech is starting to get a lot of power and a lot of clout. Elon Musk has his own space shuttle program, right? Like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, like Russia and the United States and China had like they were the only ones who could afford or had the, the, the intellectual capital resources to build and um, develop 
programs like that. And now individuals have it. Individual companies have it, right? You see what I'm saying? So with the metaverse and cyberspace, people are able to kind of build their own situation and build their own um, worlds, frankly, own countries, all own stuff, right? So it, it, you can't have like, oh, this is the United States cyberspace. So you buy virtual land in the United States cyberspace, right? You see what I'm saying? So this, this paradigm shift of nation state powers losing power inside this new space of cyber, um, they need, they need to do something about it. Right. So, uh, De de declaring a, an ambassador of cyber, I think, is beginning to frame that as, you know, international norms and standards, right? Like, Carl could have, like, Carl-topia in Decentraland, uh, but, you know, he's not going to have, like, an ambassador and all these other kind of infrastructure pieces. So, I think it's interesting. I think it's yet another step towards, um, I guess, galvanizing or legitimizing uh, the metaverse as an actual place that people go. And, and as I mentioned, I'm going to be talking about the metaverse in just a minute here. So this is really, really interesting. Stay with me. High severity bug in Kaspersky VPN client opens door to PC takeover. Tracked as CVE 2022-27535, this bug is a local privilege escalation security vulnerability in the security software that threatens remote and work from home users. It exists in the support tools part of the application and would allow an authenticated attacker to trigger arbitrary file deletion in the system along with privilege escalation to system. According to a Kaspersky spokesperson, it could lead to device malfunction or the removal of important system files required for correct system operation. Kaspersky has fixed the issue and users should update to version 21.6 or later to patch their systems. Okay, so really quick... Um well, first of all, uh, it's Kaspersky VPN clients. So for my practitioners out there, if you guys are running Kaspersky VPN clients um, on your endpoints in your infrastructure, um, you know, take note of this. It is the, the thing I will uh, have as a takeaway for this particular story is that it is a local privilege escalation vulnerability. This means that you can take like a general Carl account, right? So you've got like a, a, a non-priv account, right? Like a daily driver user account, you compromise Carl's account. And you can escalate the privileges to system level or root level on the box. You see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's, it's a type of vulnerability. Definitely want to get it patched, right? Because especially if it can lead to complete takeover, um, we don't want that. But the box already has to be compromised. You already have to be, on, the threat actor already has to be on it. And then they escalate up and then they can, now they can do more stuff like install apps, keylogger, stuff like that. Um, so not, not, this isn't like set the computer down and go patch this right away. This isn't like that um, small business Cisco RV switches from last week where it was like, you know, the, the world's on fire. This is fine. Um, this one, put this in, put this on the roadmap, alert your IT staff. Hey, this is something we got to get fixed. Obviously roll out patches in a correct way. So you don't break all your sales engineers who are on the road at black hat this year. I mean, at this, this week, right. But just be mindful of that. Also, if you work in the federal space, um, this isn't an issue. Kaspersky was banned. Okay. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago from all federal, um, IT infrastructure due to concern around backdoors and uh, Russian uh, entanglement. Even though Kaspersky is a private business, there was some concern about Russian nation state um, entanglement. So anyways, long story short, if you're running Kaspersky VPNs, be mindful, okay? But not wicked urgent because it's local priv escalation. All right, now let's, uh, let's listen to CISO series and then I got a couple, uh, couple updates for you guys. Thanks to this week's episode sponsor, Edge Scan. EdgeScan simplifies vulnerability management by delivering a single, full-stack SaaS solution integrated with world-class security professionals. Instead of managing a plethora of point-scanning tools for each layer of the attack surface and squandering precious staff resources manually removing false positives, EdgeScan offers automated and accurate contextualized alerts across the entire attack surface into a single source of truth. For more information, visit edgescan.com. That's E-D-G-E-S-C-A-N. All right. I'm sure it's a fine product, but it always cracks me up when I hear a marketing 
lingo. I don't know if you guys listened to that commercial, but basically that tool does every, that tool solves all your problems and gives you one single pane of glass for your results. That, that was, um, I mean, if that thing delivers on its promise, either that or the marketing people know what they're doing. That was, uh, that was interesting copy. Okay, so we're drinking French roast, Starbucks French roast. I ground it, you know, five minutes before uh, I drank it. It's uh, it's kind of all I drink. Like, I'm not a snob where, well, I really like what I like. I've reached that age in my life where I like what I like. Um, okay, so check this out, guys, really quickly. We, um, this week at Black Hat, Wednesday morning, this is 9 a.m. local time, so that would be noon in... Um, East Coast. Uh, I am on a panel. I'm really, really uh, super excited about this. You can see my face over on the left, um, surrounded by some really, really interesting, smart uh, people. Dr. Sally Eves, Kevin Jackson, Dustin Childs from the Zero Day Initiative. Uh, we're going to be spending an hour talking about the metaverse and what are the cybersecurity uh, concerns. Basically, this is like a brave new world. Uh, and much like the way that, um, you know, the Wild West was when they were just settling or the way that the Internet was before people figured out that they could um, attack it. There's a lot with the metaverse that needs to be discussed from a cybersecurity perspective. And we're going to do this panel. I have opted in to have this. You might be asking, where do I catch this? I am going to be pushing this live to Simply Cyber's channel. So some of you may have seen last week, the vMix test go live thing, don't look here or whatever. That was me testing with uh, Trend Micro, who's hosting this thing, to verify that their AV team could push to Simply Cyber, which we successfully did. So at noon on Wednesday next week, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. local Pacific time, um, this, this event's going to happen, and I'm super excited um, I've been doing a lot of research because I'm not a metaverse expert. I just complain about NFTs and crypto scams, right? But I've did a lot of research like the last two weeks, you know, many, many articles. I did some uh, distillation and some enrichment, remixed some ideas. I've come up with some what I think are some pretty cool thoughts. Um, so if you're interested in this, I think it's going to be a fun, interesting talk. Um, definitely not your daddy's um, cybersecurity panel talk. Come check this out. But here's what here's what's super cool, okay? I'm really, really pumped about this. I hope you can join me, okay, guys? Later today, later today, today, right? So Team Replay, it's August 8th. Um, it's Monday, August 8th. It's, it's 8.30 a.m. local uh, Eastern time right now. At 4 p.m. Eastern time today, I am going live and doing a kind of a one-off presentation. I am going to be telling you what are the five cyber attacks that based on my research will definitely happen okay like you can expect these like right away in the metaverse now here's what's cool i will be in the metaverse i've built a room in spatial vr i'm gonna have a headset on it will be broadcast live on restream you will be able to watch it without uh vr gear it'll just be the the, the perspective of one of the avatars in the room but if you want to attend, go to this stream and you can see I pinned a comment on the top right. That comment is a link that takes you directly into the VR room, the, the metaverse uh, conference room I built. And you can attend the presentation live with me. I'll be up at the front speaking uh, and you can do it from my, I had my, my uh, 10 year old, uh, you know, Grayson with the jokes. I had him on an iPad in the room of course he's 10 so he was like you know popping and locking upside my head while i was trying to practice my presentation um my my seven-year-old on an iphone was doing it you can do it with vr headset i know bass has got vr headset he's going to be there live so there's many many different ways to consume this the cool thing is it's a talk that i'm giving about cybersecurity metaverse so if you're interested in that but even if you're really kind of on the fence about that topic it's going to be a cool experience to at least try to give a talk on the Simply Cyber platform in the metaverse. I will have this microphone boom pushed to the side. I'll have a VR headset on. I'll be speaking into a um, my Yeti mic. Um, so the restream broadcast will be consumable um, and I'll be moving around, but I hope you can join us in VR. The, the weird thing is you can only have 50 people in there. So the first 50 get in. Um, but I hope, <laughs> I hope it doesn't go gangbusters because I need to be 
two of the 50 people. I need to be me presenting and then I need to be sitting in the front row so I can restream that perspective into restream. But anyways, come come hang out. Come hang out. I have no idea. This thing could devolve into total anarchy where like 48 people are, you know, you know, doing organized dancing, uh, like uh, river dance up on the front and you can't see my screen or like they, they replace my presentation with Pornhub. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to give it a shot. Okay. So I hope you can join uh, later today. I'm, I'm really excited. I did a lot of research this weekend on, uh, I, I looked at four different uh, meeting platforms in the, in the VR. This one I'm using is not the best one, but it's the only one that could allow people without VR headsets to be able to attend. Massive cyber attack hits German chambers of industry and commerce. The email and website services of the German Chambers of Industry and Commerce, DIHK, an organization representing millions of businesses in Germany, went down last week as they tried to recover from a cyber attack that began on Thursday. The organization did not respond to requests for comment, but said on Twitter that only its phone system was still working. The DIHK helps companies with legal issues, provides general support, and promotes German businesses internationally. The attack, which carried the hallmarks of a ransomware incident, was having downstream effects on the 79 local arms of the organization, including offices in Frankfurt, Cologne, and Berlin. All right, first of all, like, let's, just, let's just get this out of the way since everybody's thinking about it. The German Chambers of Industry and Commerce, their acronym is... Are you serious? Like, that's really funny. Hey, I'm just going to go on down to the... You know what I mean? Like, that. I, they may want to work on that with their PR people. Okay, so it <clears throat> looks like <clears throat> ransomware attack uh, on a German Chamber of Industry and Commerce. You know, again, this is ransomware. It's ransomware. It's ransomware, right? H- high target. Could have been spray and pray. Hit a, hit a good one. <clears throat> the The one thing that I would, I guess share here that's worth um worth sharing is that i found it interesting that this industry suffered such i mean this company this business suffered such a major attack that they only have their telephones right which is probably not voip right they're probably like they are completely down this is catastrophic this is when you call barricade cyber solutions okay so this is catastrophic they took to Twitter and LinkedIn to socialize what is going on and provide updates to their customer base. I find this fascinating. I'm not surprised, but I find it fascinating. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, alternate telecommunications streams, uh, NIST CP8 control enhancement five. Um, for those NIST people who iHeart NIST, you know what I'm talking about. Um, having those things in place in advance are awesome. I just find it interesting and I'm not surprised, right? Twitter is a massive communication platform um, to be able to use it to get messages out and to communicate and, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote, continue to do business. It's in a incredibly um, depreciated way. Obviously, you're not going to conduct like public business across DMs, but I do find it interesting that that was their strategy, whether they thought of it in advance or, you know, you know, it's a dumpster fire and they're like, well, we got to get the message out somehow. Let's do it on Twitter. Let's do it on LinkedIn. Let's hit these socials. Um, so yeah, I find that interesting. Again, ransomware is going to ransomware. I, I don't know if German chamber of industry and commerce, they, they said it is lawyers and stuff that help people. So I wonder if <clears throat> it was an opportunity target. So it's like, oh, they're definitely need to be up and running. Or if it was deliberate, right? Sometimes these attacks are deliberate. Like let's say um, they were going to help some business in a way that would be um, adversarial to me, right? Like, so I, I sell, I sell books and there's a digital book uh, company in Germany. That's like, uh, you know, trying to challenge me or whatever. And they've gone to this German chamber of industry and commerce to get uh, adjudication. And I, t- I attack the crap out of them because I don't, because I'm either angry or because I don't want them to get the help from them. That's a little bit of a fringe case use case uh probably unlikely this is probably high higher probability that it's it was a uh pray and spray or somebody at the ministry uh needed a couple extra bucks right we've seen wizard spider offer uh a, a piece of the pie a piece of the action if you give them your creds right if carl gives them carl's creds uh they'll give them five percent of all the ransoms right so 
Unlinked Lyceum Group adds a new weapon to its arsenal. The Lyceum Group, which has been active since 2017 and is a state-sponsored Iranian APT group, generally targets Middle Eastern organizations, most notably in the energy and telecommunications sectors, and they rely heavily on .NET-based malware. Researchers from Zscaler have stated that they recently observed a new campaign where the Lyceum Group was utilizing a newly developed and customized .NET-based malware targeting the Middle East by copying the underlying code from an open-source tool and using a .NET-based DNS backdoor. Okay. Apple tells... Okay, <clears throat> so I guess... Okay, couple couple things here. Um... It's funny that these uh, this screenshot, right? This I mean, this is a uh, this is like a macro warning, like enabling macros, and then um, yes, and I guess this is, this is VBA, not .NET. So whatever. Um, anyways, so Lyceum Group, good to know. Added to the added to the list, right? That's a Iranian-backed APT group. So yes, Iran has. Um, first world cyber powers, uh, and they use them. They target Middle East. So listen, stream, chat, if you guys are operating with any Middle Eastern countries or you operate out of the Middle East, I know um, CyberSec Mom's up in that space. There's a couple other uh, individuals out in that space. Be mindful. You should add Lyceum Group to your threat model. Um, in fact, this is a good opportunity. Because I mean, So basically, just relative to the story, they are a APT, right? And they use .NET um, kind of as their malware vehicle, and they've added a new DNS backdoor based on an open source one. But really, if you have decent um, EDR and decent security protection mechanisms, open source tooling and, and kind of the uh, fingerprints, TTPs of open source tooling, hopefully does get caught, so that's not a big issue. What is a... Great takeaway, and this one's good for uh, both practitioners to weaponize this knowledge and practitioner uh, people interviewing. You guys ready? Grab your socks and hold on because what I'm about to tell you could really, really nuke uh, um, a, a job interview in a really good way. Just like, just, just like, ah, like the interviewer's face melts like they open the Ark of the Covenant uh, because you're dropping knowledge on them. Okay, so listen to this. You can use MITRE ATT&CK, which is, if you go to uh, attack.mitre.org, you'll see it. MITRE ATT&CK is this awesome taxonomy framework of, you know, the entire spectrum of potential uh, attack targets uh, or techniques, uh, TTPs, tactics, techniques, and procedures. I, th I always get that wrong, but TTPs. They also have all the APTs there, right? So Lyceum Group, Wizard Spider, um, you know, APT 29, 28, 31, 41, right? All the, all the, all the household names that we all know and love. And then, you know, some, some of the, uh, lower tier ones, right? Like our, our double A ball clubs, APT clubs. Anyways, what, what, Jerry, what's the point? Where's the face melting part? Okay. Here's the deal. I don't know. I don't operate in the Middle East. I don't know Lyceum Group. However, let's just say after I get off the stream today, I get on a call with the CEO and he's like, hey, listen, we're going to be moving into the Middle East. There's like a, you know, it's a market that isn't tapped, whatever, whatever. Okay. I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I quickly and efficiently pivot my security program to be set up the most efficient way to protect me from my current threats because the threatscape is about to change, right? I go to MITRE ATT&CK, I pull up Lyceum Group, I look at all the TTPs for Lyceum Group, and then I start looking at my own infrastructure, overlay those two to figure out where my potential increased risk uh, profile, or not profile, but risk surface, attack surface is, frankly. Um, and then now that I've got that subset of potential attacks that are likely to happen from this threat actor, which has an increased likelihood of occurring because now we're operating in that space, now I can begin to you know, either ensure that my controls are configured in a way uh, that, that would protect me from that or that they will detect .NET attacks. They will detect DNS C2 channel uh, communications, right? That's the power of MITRE ATT&CK framework, threat modeling, and being able to actually take information the CEO says or whoever, right, whoever is saying that we're going to do this and turning around and operationalizing it in a way that is meaningful to your security program, okay? And just to like synopsis what I just said, 
When your threat model changes, you can use MITRE ATT&CK to build out what your new attack surface will look like and then use it to test the efficacy of your controls and tune your controls or find gaps based on that work, okay? That's the TLDR. That's the face melt. You're talking MITRE ATT&CK and APT threat modeling, attack surface pivoting, like the person on the other side is going to like just start. I mean, if they're really a cyber pro, they're going to start drooling and be like, yes, get on board. What's your number? That's what they're going to say. Flyers to use Taiwan, China or Chinese Taipei to appease Beijing. This rule, which applies to its suppliers in Taiwan, means that all components manufactured there must be labeled in such a way as to describe Taiwan as a province of the People's Republic of China. According to Japanese financial publication Nikkei, this is due to China ramping up enforcement of a long-standing import rule. While China and the U.S. have allowed the status of Taiwan to remain ambiguous over the years, observers at the register suggest this may be a repercussion from last week's visit to Taiwan by Nancy Pelosi, an action that did not sit well with the Chinese government. Yep. Last week in ransomware... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You calm down. Yeah. So, hey... From the office of here's my surprise face. No surprise here. Okay, guys. Uh, Beijing, China, they have such, um, I don't want to call it bargaining power, but they have so much weight, so much gravity because of their, uh, uh, like, their position within the global supply chain, within their buying power as a society, because they have like 3 billion citizens, right? And because it's an authoritative regime, the people in charge can really decide how that buying power, how that, what gets in and what gets out. And when you're trying to sell iPhones, right? That's 3 billion potential customers, right? That's three, you know, and then like, let's say an iPhone's a thousand dollars each, right? That's like, what, $300 billion, right, if they all buy iPhones? I'm being a little hyperbolic, but you get my point. That's a market that nobody wants to not tap into. And if it's something as simple as changing, you know, made in Taiwan, comma, China, on the label of the shirt instead of just made in Taiwan or the, the microprocessor or the television or whatever, then that's, that is something that people are willing to well, Apple's willing to accept. Now, here's the thing. 1.4 billion. Thank you, Joe, for the fact check. Okay. Here's the thing. This is the slow play, the erosion of Taiwan being seen as its own country in the world stage, right? China is going to make every effort to like consume Taiwan. Taiwan sees themselves as an independent country, right? There's obviously a conflict there. If... You know, like doing things like this is kind of like a non, like kind of a non-aggressive, non-military way to begin to frame to Taiwan that, hey, guess what? The rest of the world doesn't see you as a country either. This isn't like a us and you problem. This is like a you problem, right? So it, it it's a slow way of, of changing the mindset and framing Taiwan as not a country in the world theater. That's, that's what this is. Like I said, it, it really seems simple, but it's, it's the way, um, yeah, it's passive. I mean, it's just China, like I will give China this, they do literally operate on like 10 year, 20 year, 30 year plans. And whether it's the way that they're rolling out healthcare or the way that they've, you know, kind of built their, their, uh, their, um, their cyber powers up, like, or the way that they've uh, in increased their, uh, their focus on education and R&D. Like, they operate on long-term plans. And I'm sure that one of their long-term objectives is to consume Taiwan and make it, uh, you know, a nation-state or, or a state or whatever. whatever. I don't know what they call it, but like a province maybe. So, anyways, this is more indication of this. So, Apple is took the knee, bend the knee. And that's what Apple did here. According to Bleeping Computer, last week was a relatively quiet one on the ransomware front. Mandiant revealed that an Iranian threat actor was behind ransomware attacks on the Albanian government. Microsoft announced last week that new Windows 11 builds in the beta channel had improved Microsoft Defender for endpoint ransomware attack blocking capabilities. 
Ransomware attacks of interest included ones on the Spanish National Research Council, Semicron getting hit by LV ransomware, the German Chambers of Industry and Commerce, as we just reported on, and Krios Luxembourg. In addition, the Hive Group attacked two private schools in England, basing their ransom demands on their research into the school's ransomware insurance policies. Just remember what's happening. All right, so your ransomware roundup from last week. Again, look, this is um, Iranian threat actors, ransomware to Albanian government, okay? You know, we just talked about how to threat profile Iranian threat actors. Um, you know, add this to the arsenal of potential malware. Right. So um, real quick, Mandian did that work. You know, <laughs> Mandian got acquired by Google or is being acquired by Google. Um, we don't know what that's going to look like when it's actually completed. But, you know, Mandian's obviously out there still working, still still doing good infosec stuff. Um, and then obviously we knew about the hive attacking one of the schools and ransomwareing them. Uh, apparently they took on two schools. And as I mentioned last week, Believing that part of Wizard Spider's um, management moved over to the Hive, um, they are asking for ransoms that are very much mapped directly to the insurance policy of the victim, meaning that they had inside knowledge. Right? It's it's tough to negotiate. It's tough to negotiate when you don't have any like hidden like your entire hand. Right? Your your playing cards are all face up. It's tough to negotiate um, in any capacity. So let, let me do this. Um, okay, guys. Yeah, if you can. Um, thanks, Kimberly. Hit the like button, whatever. Uh, guys, if you, um, again, I just want to remind you, I have, I have two things. One is a question for you guys, and I, I really wanted to set up a poll, but I, I haven't set a poll up yet, so I'll go back and watch chat. Just a reminder, today at 4 p.m., I will be giving a talk about cybersecurity attacks that will definitely happen in the metaverse, but I will be doing it from the metaverse. You will be able to catch it on Simply Cyber YouTube channel, like a regular feed. You'll you'll have the perspective of one individual in the audience, or you can join. The link is pinned in the stream. You can go and actually join the the, the room and walk around and, and see like, you know, it's not crazy. It's not Decentraland, but I built a room um, and I'll be given a presentation in it. And I got an avatar that looks like me. Like I'm sure I'm sure that this is a terrible idea from a privacy perspective, but I, I like submitted a picture of my, like, I'm actually embarrassed about this. I submitted a picture of my face. It modeled me. And then I put a three piece suit on cause you know, why not? And, uh, like the avatar looks like me. Um, so whatever, what abs, um, c come join us at four o'clock. The question I have for everybody, and I'm kind of curious, um, Okay, so if you are a member of the Simply Cyber community, you likely got an email on Friday. I sent out like a newsletter. It was an absolute um, unmitigated mess. It was a mess. Um, first of all, I sent out the newsletter and immediately got flagged as malware, right? So fail. Secondly, I attached the newsletter as a PDF. Um, which is like very 2005, I've, I was told by somebody in the community. They're like, don't do that. That's, wh what are you doing? Then the, 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 like, the newsletter, that's like, it's like a church community bulletin. Like what, are you, like, what are you trying to do? Like, what kind of information are you trying to share? And I was like, Ugh. So um, I kind of like wrapped my head for a little bit and I was thinking, let me know if this is something interesting to you. I do not want to put the time and effort into this if you don't think it's going to add value, okay? I was thinking of, like first thing Monday morning, like I would do this on Friday, but like on Monday morning, an email comes in and it's basically five bullets of the top news stories from the previous week. So like the number one story from Monday that I thought, and then like two sentences on why the number one story from Tuesday on why I thought and two sentences why. So it would basically be five bullets. And my mindset is maybe you missed last week. Maybe you were here, but you like you, you had a great weekend and you're not really thinking. And the idea is that it would be like a two minute read and it would prep you with all of the things that went on last week. So like, you're like, oh, like you hit the ground running, like things are refreshing. Uh, maybe we do the morning briefing and like, there's like a follow-up story. So I was thinking five bullets, one for each day of the week, the previous week of the top stories. Let me know if that's something that you think you would find value in. It won't take me long because I already do this work, right? It, it would just be a matter of me saying like, right after I get off stream, like, okay, like that story is the number one story, copy paste. Um, but I think it would be a nice aggregated 
um, useful email. Um, and, and for people who can't commit the one hour to the streams, it still gives you some data points to operationalize and, and, and set the stage for you for that week. Dude, if you go into a meeting uh, with management or whatever, Monday morning, right after the stream, like you go in for a 10 a.m. Monday meeting and you've already got all that, like this, I don't know, like uh, that Cisco router thing. Not that that would be my number one story, but you see what I'm saying? Like you could be and be like, Oh, or or actually, the you know U.S. ambassador, you could be like, oh, did you guys see how that uh, United States named a cyber ambassador? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, meanwhile, Carl's like still trying to like get the sleep out of his eyes and figure, and you're just dominating. So let me know. Again, it will take me time and effort. I have very little free time. I I, I have a lot of initiatives going on, but I I, I just wanna. I was I, I I don't know. I was just thinking that it would be cool, and I was so embarrassed about that newsletter I sent out that I'm like even more motivated to deliver a quality um it's not even a newsletter it's like it's like um it's like a I don't know a weekly email or something like that so let me know I see a couple people Jessica Probe saying that'd be cool um Devnell Zen thinks the email would be redundant okay discord newsfeed all right Connie Daggett yeah so I'm thinking that the audience would be twofold what like and I would put at the bottom of the email like if you want to catch the full streams like here is uh, a link to the morning streams, right? The idea is that you could share it. More people could find out about um, Simply Cyber. It would be less time for you, right? So you could read it in two minutes instead of committing, you know, essentially five hours a week, one hour every day for the threat briefing. It would be, uh, uh, you know, obviously not as rich, but a more condensed version. So I'll go back and look at chats. Um, Munchkin, if you want to, <clears throat> if you want to subscribe to it, I don't have a specific landing page, but if you go to simplycyber.io right now, like if you scroll down a little, here, I'll just show you. If you scroll down a little bit, um, right here, come on, render, render. If you go right here, um, and, and hit subscribe, that'll sign you up. I, like I, like I said, I, I'm not like a marketing person or anything. So I'm just a, you know, infosec nerd. So I'm not great at all these things, but if you go here and, and drop your name and stuff, it'll it'll sign you up. Like I only have one one kind of email collection thing. I don't have different landing pages for different things because that's not what I'm trying to accomplish. But that's that's how you'd sign up for it. All right, type letter, um, Reggie Davis. I don't know what that means. Is that a term? Type letter? I don't know. Uh, Haiku is good, Chinadu. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, it's basic Linux skills, basic pen testing skills. So me personally, I'm not learning anything, but it is it is enjoyable. It is a fun platform. And I'm actually really excited. Uh, we had the CEO of World of Haiku on uh, last week on stream. And I'm very excited to see where they take it because they're going to have it set up so you can work in the game and then it'll pull real life open job requests that you're qualified for based on the skills you de developed in the game. So you want to talk about the metaverse, this, this cyber physical world inner interface. That's a perfect example. All right. Thanks, Joshua B. I'll have to Google this AeroPress or look for you guys. Um, look for you guys on, um, in chat to see like what kind of coffee recommendations you did because I, guys, oh, so I will be doing the daily threat briefing every morning. Tomorrow, uh, my flight isn't until uh, the afternoon, so I'll do the morning briefing from the studio. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I will do the threat briefing from my hotel room in Las Vegas. Um, it will be at 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern, same as everybody else. Um, there will be no, like right now, there is no Thursday live stream. Um, the long extended guest interviews I do Thursday afternoons. Uh, that'll be like seven o'clock Thursday night. I'll probably be at some type of like event or business dinner or something like that. Um, plus I can't really have a guest on and everything, but stay tuned. Maybe I'll do like a renegade live stream. If I, if I find some stuff, BSEC recommend no coffee. That's just not in the cards, my friend. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do though. I'm not going to walk 20 minutes at four 30 in the morning to go get a coffee. I'm not into that. All right, guys, let's do this. I appreciate all of you. I hope, you know, please, please come and see what, what this metaverse talk looks like. I'm very, very genuinely interested to see how it goes. Uh, it's going to be fun. 
Um, special thanks to all the squad members. I see you guys uh, joining. We're like at a, like 150 members. I said it before. If you are squad uh, alpha or mastermind and you are on the Discord server, make sure you connect with me or one of the mods because there is a squad member role that you are absolutely entitled to uh, that I want to make sure that you get added. It'll open up a couple hidden channels and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's just it's just for fun. There's there's no there's no concrete information that you don't have access to. Um, the the squad is just a way to support the channel and get some fun stuff. That's it. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you at four o'clock for the uh, <laughs> for what will likely turn into a dumpster fire. And then uh, on Wednesday, just a reminder that Simply Cyber will be pushing a live stream at noon Eastern time of me on a trend micro panel talking about metaverse or metaverse. There is no, um, there's no like upcoming live stream. This will just appear and start being live on channel. So you can't, you can't like remind me, you can't do any of that stuff. I think if you hit the bell for notifications, it may notify you when, when the stream starts. I don't know. This is all new. This is all new for me. So, all right, guys, it is August 8th, episode 170. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier. You guys are amazing. Thank you all so much for being here. Have a wonderful day. Good luck with the Ark of the Covenant face melting situation with the Iranian APT miter attack stuff. Go get them. And for those, Louise, with your uh, interview, all those with interviews today or this week, best wishes. You guys got this, okay? We'll talk soon. Take care, everybody.